Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from full circle, their very first movie, and in this case, we talked about where the day takes you all the way through King Richard with Will Smith, and uh, right now we are kind of working on closing out our second season of Will Smith, and we know that we can't not talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. And so first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil James, James Avery. Avery. Um, but on a lighter note, the Fresh Prince is probably a part of like all of our childhoods, even if you didn't grow up with it on TV. It was definitely in syndication and reruns. And now it lives on HBO Max. So all you Gen Zers and Gen Alpha parents need to spread the glory that is Fresh Prince to the youth. Um, but no further than that, how did this show start out? When did it premiere? Yes. I the think I was born, to be honest. <laughs> you were not born. I was a few months old <laughs> when this show aired. <laughs> Um, so The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is an American television sitcom created by Andy and Susan Borowitz from uh, NBC. It aired on September 10th, 1990 to May 20th, 1996. The series stars Will Smith as a fictionalized version of himself, a street smart teenager born and raised in West Philadelphia who is sent to move with his wealthy uncle and aunt in Bel-Air, where his lifestyle often clashes with that of his upper class relatives. Known as Smith's star's vehicle into television and later his film career, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a top hit for NBC, running for 148 episodes over six seasons. We also will be talking in this episode about the reunion special and retrospective reuniting with the original cast, everyone, almost everyone, on the original cast, which debuted on HBO Max in November of 2020. 30 years almost to the day of I think they filmed it 30 years to the day of when the show first premiered and then there there's also a more dramatic reimagining of a series of the series titled Bel Air which is based on the fan film of the same name and you can find that on Peacock um this show has a lot of um crossover references there are uh, w amazing lists of not just the base casts who plays uncle phil aunt vivian carlton ashley hillary and of course jeffrey but we also have an onslaught of celebrity guest appearances throughout the 148 episodes and um like Bria said, throughout our millennial childhoods, while we may not have been watching it at, you know, three, four, five, six years old, this was definitely an after school special for a lot of kids. And 
overall had a huge cultural impact and legacy. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's success is considered to be a watershed moment for hip-hop and Black television, while many publications referring it to as one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Professor Andrew Horton states, Smith's genre of comedy popularized on the sitcom of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air translated well into commercial box office appeal. The Fresh Prince watered down and capitalized upon the then-growing popularity of hip-hop and almost anticipated its dominance on the American scene. Another author, um, Willie Tolliver, noted what the French prince did accomplish was put Smith and his character Will into an environment of affluence and possibility, thus changing the terms of his own Black identity. The social and cultural mobility is central to Smith's racial significance and will become evident again and again. He moves the image of the Black male into unaccustomed spaces, just as Smith himself was in the process of conquering Hollywood. Um, I was just thinking about it. Maybe we should talk about the cast i totally did not think yeah of course um so obviously i started off with uncle phil james avery um super talented actor stage trained um yes very very big man um and that was a big part of uncle phil's charm and um a lot of the jokes were <laughs> about his weight or his eating habits which I think looking back, like if it was a woman, we'd definitely be like, oh my God, the body shaming and stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. no one ever thinks about that when they talk about Uncle Phil's um, weight and the jokes. I mean, I will say I I do think they're funny still, but it's just to that time. Um, Yeah, there's definitely some jokes that don't stick anymore um and don't really sit well i think with this kind of modern day audience but james avery was six foot four and also like a classically trained actor as well and so um going over some of the like reunion highlights which we'll talk about later but just will's overall adoration for that actor and really um having him as a role model figure on set um, was, I think, really helpful for him and his kind of coming of age, growing and developing his sense of acting style. You know, we don't really see like serious Will until later on, um, probably more like, well, we see like six degrees of separation and stuff, but like enemy of the state was kind of the first time that I saw him like super serious. And then we have Ali and, um, and of course going into the pursuit of happiness, but like, you know, up until this point, Will has been a very like charismatic Will Smith, Will Smith character. And I think that James Avery, a like was a great role model for Will as he was tackling some of those really like serious and heavy topics on the show. Yeah. Well, and I think probably to everyone, it kind of surprised me a little how much Tatiana Ali talked about him during the reunion episode because she talked about him so eloquently but you know she talked about like how he taught her how to be a professional and like basically taught a master class kind of in like acting and probably leading in a cast and being like 
you know, the father figure, the leader of, and I mean, I think Will is a leader on the show, obviously, because it's his show, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to like the role that James played within that dynamic of, you know, being there for children like Ashley and him and Karen Parsons, like he actually called her daughter and she said he took his role as her father very seriously. So it just seems like he was like a really big mentor and father figure to all of them. So um, amazing. (laughs) Um, I thought he had a great, obviously he's classically trained, but he was great comedically and seriously. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like TV dads are either one or the other (laughs) they're not really good at being both you know Mm. like when I think of like family matters and Carl Winslow like he's pretty like silly to me because he's always with Steve Urkel Mm. and then even someone like Tim the Toolman Taylor he's always like fucking shit up so (laughs) um so I think Uncle Phil did a great service to sitcom dads of that duality of like being able to like be in on the jokes or you know kind of be softer parent wise with them sometimes but also like being hard not hard but like holding his children accountable for things as well and teaching them lessons and Um, and provided some of the most epic uh toss you out of the front door moments (laughs) as well yes um moving on the i mean this role has two lovely actresses so Mm -hmm. the og aunt viv which is played by janet hubert Mm -hmm. and then you have the second iteration of aunt viv played by daphne maxwell reed so Mm -hmm. og aunt viv totally different um And I think really important, you know, in the reunion, she talks about how she didn't think she would get the role because, you know, at that time, like women, her complexion, she's darker skin, didn't really get those roles. And I think of like, you know, the Claire Huxtables and stuff, Um, but amazingly smart, very dignified and still like very like you know we'll put you in your place um she is very much like a Claire Huxtable who is Mm -hmm. off like Vivian was a professor Claire was a lawyer and again you know very well educated but still will like read you (laughs) and like (laughs) you know tell you about yourself so I mean I think that's why a lot of fans to this day will be like, you know, that's why she's like revered as the OG Aunt Viv. And like most people, unfortunately, don't really consider Daphne Maxwell Reed as Aunt Viv. But um, I think it's sad too that she didn't get to finish out that role. And we'll talk about that because that's a big part Mm -hmm. of the reunion. But I mean, her episode where she has the dance, um, where she wants to pursue dance again, that's Mm -hmm. like one of a top tier episode the big four oh so she had like her moments i do think i don't want to say that like i but i'm like on will side or her side but i do think like it's interesting that at least to me that like not too many people in the cast stuck up for her yeah when she was let go and allegedly like you know, James Avery had to kind of remind her, you know, this show is called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, you know, it was Will's show. So I could see like where 
you know, you're in the show, you're this well-trained actress and um, this kid rapper gets a show and, you know, there's some sting in that maybe. And so, yeah, it's his show and you just have to kind of like play by those rules when you're already kind of fitting to this certain conformity as a darker skinned like black actress too. I think there's that like added layer to to that but I I it doesn't matter like which Aunt Viv you identify with or appreciate more I think both actresses bring nuance to the character um when going back and prepping for this episode that we're talking about today I watched mainly um like handfuls of episodes from seasons one through three with Janet Hubert and um or Hubbard but I think that you, what what you said of like her ability to have this like certain range where she was just very like oh, Philip, that's your nephew. You be nice to him. Like she's very mothering and sweet, knowing that that was also her sister's son. Like that she had that actual blood relation with Will, um, fictionally, and then. Um, to like uh, one of the episodes I watched was uh, season one, episode 23, 72 hours, where Will makes a bet with Carlton that he can't spend 72 hours in Compton. And Aunt Viv, like, she's like, I'm gonna get my baby. And she like rips out her hoops and Uncle Phil's like, where are you going? What are you doing with your earrings? <laughs> and She's like, not afraid to kick some ass. Had some also stellar outfits, like incredible fits with, um, she would do these like really pretty things with different scarves. Like she would have like a scarf kind of like draped over half her shoulder, almost like a half cardigan look. And, um, and just really to me watching back at some of these episodes was like just classy. Like she just exuded bad bitch, classy energy that I was like, I want to bottle that. Yeah. And Going back to, like, her fashion, like, for her to be a TV mom in the 90s, like, a lot of her looks aged, like, really well, like, Mm -hmm. and especially, like, the power suit, like, outfits, because she's a professor and a professional, seeing her, like, in those now, like, still just looks really, like, crispy and, again, dignified and, Mm -hmm. um, I, also, to another point that I didn't really think about before, but a big thing that I love about her character and on the show is when her sisters get together mm-hmm. and there's so like much just it's a lot of craziness. And I feel like that's how it can be with black families, you know, when like a bunch of siblings get together or like holidays and stuff. And I can't really remember but I feel like I don't remember any episodes with Daphne's Aunt Viv and her sisters Mm. so I feel like that's a big chunk missing when Janet leaves is like that dynamic with the women that played her sisters like was so amazing with her and believable and thinking about Daphne's Aunt Viv I'm just like man that like would feel like off to me right um but But the storyline changes i feel like when daphne comes in because that's when they have the baby and then that kind of like carries on this like new iteration of of aunt viv of being um um i mean she's always a mom but like not now you have these like grown children ashley's in like high school at this point 
um, Will and Carlton are in college. Um, and then now you have this little baby <laughs> um, yeah. again. So you see like her role kind of changing a little bit. Which n- now thinking about it, like I feel like kind of was maybe in a weird way for the best because I do feel like the original Aviv was a big part of a lot of storylines and things in the first three seasons. And then Daphne plays a more subdued, not so central Aunt Viv, you know? And so like Uncle Phil's way more involved in like Will and Carlton shenanigans or even like Hillary stuff and Ashley, when Ashley's dating, like he's the one who has like the big issue about it. So in a way, I feel like Daphne's character was needed because I feel like Janet would have felt even more slighted maybe by having her like character reduced to just essentially being a mom at that point, Um, going from this professional, powerful, like professor type to like mom, Mm. born toddler age mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And then let's talk about Daphne's Mm -hmm. uh, aunt Viv. Um, I like her aunt Viv. I don't, dislike her aunt viv i i do think that her aunt viv it's weird because i feel like the og aunt viv is like super recognizable and well loved but i feel like when you see fresh prints on tv now like you catch like a random marathon or something it's always the older episodes in my opinion so i would you would think in that regard that like people would maybe like daphne's aunt viv not more but just like not (laughs) more familiar yeah not shit on it so much but maybe it's it's a testament to her role not being so big you know and and to like her personality and stuff is a lot softer. She's not the take my hoops off on Viv, which <laughs> kind of, I, I wonder too, I would like, if I could ask her, I wonder if like, like what was her approach to stepping into a role that had already been established and then making it her own. And like, if that was intentional or if that was just like what they kind of directed her to do or written wrote her as but Daphne Maxwell Reed also has a history and social issues and stuff and grew up in those things and so I feel like it's weird to not keep that part of Aunt Viv like I feel like she still could have played that like really educated and like um just doesn't seem like a professor and like she seems like she's been a homemaker her whole life like they Mm -hmm. took away that part of Aunt Viv so I don't know but I like her she's definitely like a warm and fuzzier uh not that I don't, don't want to say that Janet's isn't but that is like the only thing going for this Aunt Viv. In the reunion uh, Daphne Maxwell had said like it's not about which Aunt Vivian you like more I don't really care which one you like more I think it just goes to show how dedicated people are to the show um, and to this family and, and where like the root of the like heart of the show is, is within this family. So she's like, it doesn't matter which one you like more, as long as you like the, the show and the characters mean something to you, then that's all that matters. Also important note before you wrap this one up is she is married to Tim Reed, the dad on Sister Sister. So, oh, 
Oh, I always had a weird, I always had a little crush on him. <laughs> on Ray, really? Yeah, because I don't know, he just, I, maybe it's just my weird thing with, like, TV show dads, like, I, <laughs> I just, I love, I was just talking about this with Kevin, like, right before I came in here and, like, set up my computer of just, like, you, the magic that like sitcom families have but i think in particular this like comp this dichotomy between families and a sitcom show usually weirdly centers around the dad even in cartoon world i'm thinking about the simpsons family guy like american dad like the patriarchy it is not true (laughs) it is the patriarchy but still growing up there were like so many good examples of like wonderful sweet funny father figures to have but i just always liked ray (laughs) really yeah so like is he like in your top five of tv dads i think that should five then top that should be our closing question who are your top five tv dads so think about that um moving on i would say let's talk about hillary yeah um played by karen parsons our favorite valley girl And are like, I, man, Hillary kind of maybe really opened some doors for like the bougie black girl uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking too. Like it's funny because Stacey Dash has was on Fresh Prince, but yeah. like Dion from Clueless. Where would we be without having first Hillary um, mm-hmm. in that role? And so, I mean, she just was like seeing her audition video in the reunion like it it's so funny too what everyone was like oh what was i doing i'm so bad but like you can see maybe what the casting people saw in that she just like really embodied hillary i can't really imagine anyone else playing her but um she's like one of those characters who's like there and like always like unexpectedly funny in some ways or you know just like oh Hillary like that's just who she is like when she says like you know really vain things really like dumb things you're just you know Mm -hmm. you just love her for her being her and she also had a pretty good character arc where she goes from like this spoiled rich girl to being like kind of a career woman and having mm-hmm. like her talk show and all that stuff. Um, and what else about Karen Parsons and Hillary? Oh, fashion icon oh as well. God. Yeah, um, the hats, the suits, the and like not just like pantsuits, but like skirt blazers. It was also incredible and um i like how what you said earlier about like she was unexpectedly there like yes she was vain and sometimes a little bit like mean and teasing like older sisters traditionally can be but then would still like show up for people at the end of the day and would still be there for her family and um help ashley out um in certain situations and and you're so right her character development throughout like she still played um a comedic relief for a lot of the show with quit quit bit funny one-liners and stuff and again it's there's some comedy and lines that don't 
age necessarily well anymore but still like we i can watch them and like cack like i was laughing quite a bit at a lot of her stuff like one of the episodes where it was ashley's birthday and she gets her like that um the young singer to like come to her birthday evan campbell's character little t little t yes and he sings happy birthday and she faints um and then they go on a date and aunt viv wants to like you know film her getting ready and viv's like okay all right well but where am i gonna be and she's like sitting in the kitchen she like has her little cup of coffee she's like i can't eat i always get so nervous before a first date and aunt viv's like yeah this is not your date she goes i know but i'm so nervous anyways like there was a lot of times where i can kind of just in a weird way relate to her but then also being the younger sister seeing um that like older sister younger sister relationship too yeah and she's like the cool older sister cousin that was like so unattainable she she also reminds me of um debbie thornberry where it's just like (laughs) you know she could not be bothered anymore by like you know whatever will and carlton are doing or ashley but like he said she winds up like there and supportive or like helping them out in some kind of unexpected way but like you know you get this sense that she'd rather be like shopping (laughs) most of the time (laughs) when um when they were going to have the new baby there's an episode where each of the siblings are like imagining what their life would be like with this new kid and (laughs) um her hillary's daydream is like just the kid kind of like pampering her and following her around like a big fan and like shining her shoes and be like uh now what did you learn today besides that you're like the coolest older sister and no one will ever be as cool as you or i don't know it was just so funny like her her daydreams she like wasn't mean like angelica pickles but like sometimes had angelica energy too yeah like you can tell she's like the oldest sibling oh, for um, sure that makes me wonder what they're like as kids <laughs> like, um and then let's talk about carlton alfonso um, ribeiro who has been like his career like i mean i know I don't know if he's working so much now, but just like his start in commercials and like Mm -hmm. working with Michael Jackson and like that dude probably has some stories and even hearing him talk about like Will and how like helpful Will has been to him in ways that people don't even know. And like you would think like it's weird because like growing up watching this show, like, you know, Will and Carlton don't always get along and then I think it actually oddly enough shifts like once the original Aunt Viv is gone they -hmm. become kind of like best friends and like inseparable and clearly you know just two people always getting into some kind of trouble Mm -hmm. um he could have been one of those characters who was like you know I was just as funny as Will and a big part of the Fresh Prince and how come it's not me or, you know, kind of bitter or, Mm. you know, not so appreciative. And he's totally the opposite. He could also be like one of those people who's like resents the iconic character that made them famous. And like, I could easily see like, 
like how Jalil White kind of hates hated Urkel for a long time. Like he could have easily been like, I don't ever want to do the Carlton dance ever in my life again. Don't ever ask me. <laughs> like, yeah, those kinds of things. And the fact that he's not like that is, I mm-hmm. think, um, really cool. But Carlton is so funny, so iconic. Another, um, I don't want to say breakthrough character, but another pivotal character that shows like a preppy black kid or a very well-spoken young black man who um, (laughs) might be a Republican, but, you know, very conservative, very Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, of his surroundings, like being in Bel Air and very delusional in some ways because of that. And I think that dichotomy between him and Will being from Philly really helps tell a lot of these stories. And there's a few episodes you mentioned that we'll talk about that kind of plays off of that. But um, I mean, the Carlton dance, iconic, so many funny moments involving him. Also, his fashion and wardrobe, like the knitted sweaters. Yes, sweater king, polos, um, sweater vest. I mean, loafers. Loafers are huge again right now. And like, look at him rocking them back then. So I'm glad that he's one that has had a career after the show and you bring up again the good point about um you know how certain actors get pigeonholed it or pigeonheld i don't know yeah pigeonheld to like iconic characters that they've played it's like the laughing clown situation like people say like oh hey funny guy make me laugh and it's like i'm not always that's not me like you can separate yeah. yourself from the character but anyways regardless i i, I or Alfonso Ribeiro and um he has made a really great career as like a host and just a personality of himself and leans into that it's not unusual like he'll he'll throw it for because he knows that that's what people wants to see but also has a personality of his own is nice genuine um I like the shows that I've seen him in he's a great interviewer like I feel like he's someone who would be really easy to talk to um and a nice man. He took over Mark Summers in um, on the Food Network for a while when they had that show Unwrapped. Unwrapped. He took over. I didn't know that, and I loved Unwrapped. Um, but yeah, Carlton, what a what an awesome dude. And moving on to probably like my favorite fashion character um, besides Will, but. Ashley Banks, <laughs> played by Tatiana Ali. Um, it's so cool to see a character on a TV show start as a kid and then, you know, become like a young adult teenager. Um, I feel like we're missing that these days. Like, rarely are sitcoms like family based that way anymore, I feel like. And rarely do we have them long enough like for a long enough run that we get to see that I mean I think that's part of the magic of a lot of the 90s sitcoms like Full House is like you see like little Michelle Tanner as a baby and then a toddler young kindergartner elementary school kid DJ as a middle school kid to like you know college um but seeing Ashley like Ashley is 
is totally the little cousin who is so susceptible to Will and like, you know, obviously is like, oh, this guy's so different than like, you know, my preppy brother and like my snobby rich girl mm-hmm. sister. And so he's the cool older brother. Yeah. And I think you can see Will's impact rub off the most on Ashley. Like, and I think that's just part of like her age. But I think that dynamic is cool. Allegedly too on IMDB, like her and Will didn't really get along at first because he kept messing up his lines. And I think that's so funny because can you imagine like some I feel like there's a movie like this, but like some little kid who's like this trained actor <laughs> and you know, you're like new and the star but they're just like i can't do this you can't even act like yeah (laughs) there was a moment in that in quentin tarantino's uh, latest film once upon a time in hollywood where leo goes on set to film something and he's not necessarily washed up but he's struggling in his identity of like outgrowing certain roles and he goes on set with this like young actress who's just like oh don't call me by my name you need to call me by my character's name like i'm in character like don't you rehearse your lines like aren't you prepared and he's just like still trying to memorize what he's trying to say like but I think to um what your your point that you made about we don't really see this growth of characters as much anymore um one I'm not really sitting down and investing too much in sitcoms i think the last one i did was was modern family and you do see a lot of growth with the characters and actors on modern family but um i think about like the disney machine and the nickelodeon machine of it all of like they're not allowed to grow up that they're like forced to like almost be 12 forever in throughout all of their seasons of their show like rarely did shows acknowledge that they were ele- like um graduating to different grade levels and like moving up in the world it was just, like always the same plot like always the same setting and characters and like the plot was kind of predictable over time and i wonder if that's just the like to the actor's standpoint of um fitting this image of like prepubescent kids and kind of staying that way for as long as you can force yourself to look and act and dress that certain way um but anyways i that that just made me like think for a second i was like oh that's right we don't really see a lot of like movement and age i mean modern family and blackish are like Mm. the only two family sitcoms I can think of that are recent-ish. Where... Goldbergs, maybe. But again, like, I don't watch. Yeah, Fresh Off the Boat. Okay. Yeah. We're just old people who are just like, they don't make shows like <laughs> Um, But I digress. Ashley Banks. Yeah. Um, to see her grow up and to see her also become, like, super cool, super... Like, again, I said, like, another fashion icon. Like, I feel like I saw on Tumblr and Pinterest, you see, like, if you look up, like, 90s fashion or even if you narrow it down to, like, 90s black girl fashion, Ashley is up there. Mm -hmm. Like, from the, like, baby doll skirts and dresses and the Doc Martens and, like, the jean vests and 
all those things, her hair, like her bangs and stuff. Amazing. Um, but even like younger Ashley, super, <laughs> super funny. And again, like seeing how Will rubbed off on her was a big part of the story. Like mm. the episode where she's, I think she's like in like some kind of classical uh, instrument lessons. And so Will's like, why don't you learn the drums? And that classic scene where jazz is drumming and yeah. stuff. But, you know. Where she- and the pink room. Oh my God, her room, that set was so amazing. Everything was like this blush pink, like velvet bedspread, blush pink carpet. I mean. I wish you saw their rooms more. Yeah, for sure. But you know my weird obsession with like 90s carpets. I'm just like, oh, I want to scrape a little piece of that. <laughs> um, but that episode's super yes. iconic because yeah. Will's like dancing and that's yeah. like everywhere all the time the like I think it's the first episode or like the episode where they have a dinner party and Ashley says grace but she wraps it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's like thank you god for the stupid food (laughs) (laughs) that was funny you know those moments the moments um where the episode where Ashley is getting bullied by this girl at school and so Will is like, you know, you got to act like crazy. And then like, mind your business, mind your business. Like, that's so <laughs> iconic and quotable. The episode where she sings uh, mm-hmm. Art Respects because she is becoming a young woman and Uncle Phil's tr- still treating her like his little girl, which I think all girls can relate to. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird sh- shift with like your, especially your father when you're like, you know getting into boys or girls whatever but becoming a young woman and being interested in dating I'm not a parent but I kind of get it like even seeing my niece grow up and like she's a beautiful young lady but it's weird to think like damn she's 18 and like she like drives and like god knows what she could be getting into um and I think that's what goes through parents heads you know and so um that episode great but yeah Ashley I think is another amazing character arc of just growth and usually sometimes like the younger kid is just always like the dumb younger kid and I think they gave her a lot of she's smart yeah that too very smart um but I think they gave her a lot of moments to really shine and I, I love Ashley yeah. They could gave her a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Fresh um, princess of Bel Air. <laughs> like following her to college would have been cool. I don't know. Yeah. But college shows never work out either, apparently, for some weird reason. <laughs> so um who else? Am I forgetting anybody? Jeffrey. Jeffrey, yes. Jeffrey, another there's a lot of comedic relief on this show. I and know. I like that it doesn't just rely on one character like Mm -hmm. a family matters really relied on Steve and Carl for a lot of the comedic relief in Waldo. (laughs) But, um, but Jeffrey is so funny because I feel like he probably has like an amazing ass, like burn book on the Banks family. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like these people, like you know, and he's British and, just a classic butler um 
stereotype in some ways. Like he wears the tails. He addresses everybody formally still. The first episode, you know, he calls Will Master William. Mm -hmm. And Will's like, hey, hey, what's all this Master Will stuff? Like, you don't have to call me that. And he's like, no, it is tradition to establish a difference between the help and like the family that they work for. But he really is a part of the family. Like he's involved in so much of what happens with the banks. He's also a catalyst for a lot of the like, references to uncle phil's weight because he's always making him snacks and food and Mm -hmm. stuff or you know whenever he makes stuff like maybe he's like of course you'll like you eat anything or something like that um but he also has some episodes too which um he's like there's a central Jeffrey storyline where like he goes on a blind date with naomi campbell (laughs) and um Will is super jealous because she's hot, obviously. Mm. Um, the Dead Poet Society episode where he pretends to be this great poet. That's pretty funny and mm-hmm. iconic. Um, there's another one where, like, I think he's, like, in the house by himself. And I just remember he has, like, a tie around his head. And, like, <laughs> I think he's, like, in his boxers and he's, like, dancing around the house and stuff. Like, his risky business moment. Um he helps bail out the boys a lot. So mm-hmm. love Jeffrey. He's like yeah. solid help. Yes. <laughs> and the way that the actor Joseph Marcel like delivered the lines too, it's when you play someone who is still an an important part of the family, but maybe might not have as much like screen time as some of the other characters. Um, you, I think, have to be really intentional with how you deliver some of your lines. And it was sometimes like the straight man deadpan comedy that we would kind of refer to back in like Men in Black with Tommy Lee Jones a little bit with like the way that he just like was very like quick to turn the humor back, but it was very subtle and it wasn't like delivered in this over the top comedic way that maybe will would have done it and i think that it's funny because they're very like opposite personalities of each other but like jeffrey in my opinion had some of the most like funniest digs funniest like sick burn man and it's like it's always funny when like it reminds me of like when the quiet kid in class speaks up and then they have something like really funny to say and they roast the like loud annoying kids and you're like yes yes yeah Oh my god. Um just genius one liners. Whoever wrote Jeffrey Dialogue. <laughs> A plus T. Yeah. <laughs> um Jazz, maybe just yeah. a little bit, because our favorite person to ever get tossed out of an how- a house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the reunion, he infamously, you know, says that um him and will were on tour and will came to la to do the arsenio hall show and then wound up meeting with quincy jones and benny medina who this show is based on benny medina's life jeff towns dj jazzy jeff um plays jazz who i feel like is 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 such a relief for Will Will in terms of like being this fish out of water in this Bel Air area. Like that's like his touchstone back to like a little bit of where he's from. Cause jazz in the show is like from like LA, I'm assuming mm-hmm. like from either East LA or, you know, somewhere. And so 
And maybe he's from Compton since that's where Carlton had he to might stay. Have been. Yeah. But, um, you know, they both love rap and hip hop and like also their iconic ass handshake. The <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and his infatuation with Hillary <laughs> to that always. I mean, I get it because there's always definitely probably some guy who's like super into you but you're just like I don't even know why you think this would happen yeah but don't hold your breath I didn't see anything against jazz but I just think probably cultural difference and upbringing like Hillary's just like ew like as a like yeah <laughs> ew, as, ew. I think it actually would have been kind of fun to see them together, like enemies together. the lovers yeah yes because I kind of love as as much as you know I like I'm not always the love rom-com, plot yeah. rom com thing. I do like that that storyline. I should at least. I okay. I don't mind enemies to lovers as much as I dislike friends to lovers. Yes, I like even, enemies to lovers more than friends to yeah, lovers. Yeah, even though friends to lovers like is the ideal situation in life is of course that like you know you kind of establish like I like this person they're cool they're funny blah 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 and then shift into romance but um I can't imagine like I feel like enemies to lovers doesn't really happen in real life where you hate somebody for years and then all of a sudden you're like you know what hey big head like you're kind of cute (laughs) there's an episode I think it was at the end of season one or possibly beginning of season two when Hillary gets a job with one of the guest celebrities of Queen Latifah uh-huh. um, and she's like her personal assistant and Queen Latifah like gets a little crush on Will um, and so they like make a bargain. Hillary's like, hey, if you go on a date with my boss, I'll go on a date with Jazz and we'll like, you yeah. know, put an end to it. Um, and then at the end of the episode, she was like, Hey Jazz, you know what? Like you weren't you weren't you're not all that bad of a guy and I suppose I could, you know, go out with you, but I don't want you to feel like I'm returning a f- or like you know that I have to do you a favor or anything. He's like, "No, I'm cool with it." Like <laughs> He just was very like unabashed and I liked that about his character. Yeah. Very um, comfortable like slipping in as like the third cousin, like the second cousin into the house. Yeah, the episode, he plays a big role in the 72 Hours episode, mm-hmm. the episode where, um, I don't know if it's the one that Will and Carlton get pulled over, but he's, like, mm-hmm. in court, and he has to, like, testify, and so he has his hands up, and they're like, you can put your hands down, and he's like, I don't know, if I put my hands down, I could, like, all of a sudden have six rounds, like, in me, and, like, that is a shame that that's still like relevant today that line but um he definitely could have again just been like this like clearly will's real life friend and rap partner like let's put him in the show and not really do anything with him but i feel like he definitely had some very uh memorable moments yeah um i'm trying to think of that of oh, the episode where jazz um sister comes and it's Vivica Fox yes yeah and she's like really bossy to will and controlling (laughs) um so yeah they they definitely didn't have to like do him justice but they did Mm -hmm. um 
I just learned that Tia and Tamara auditioned for Ashley originally oh. and lost it to Tatiana Ali. So that's crazy to like think that they could have been Ashley Banks. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. So God yeah. had sister, sister planned for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about Will. And so how Will got this role, you would think, you know, it was just like, oh, Will Smith's this hot actor not actor, hot rapper, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Let's give that kid a show. It did not happen that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this is Benny Medina's sort of life story, and he pitched it and was teamed up with the legendary Quincy Jones, who, when you watch the show and you see their names in credits, like you're like, I think I know who that is. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes there's like multiple people with the same name. Like Maybe there's two Quincy Joneses, and getting older and realizes like realizing that the music producer Quincy Jones like helped like get this show together is like he's just a genius mm-hmm. um but will tells a story in the reunion um that he was in LA gets invited to Quincy Jones's birthday party and is invited like oh i have this show that you know we're pitching you know, you shall audition for it and like, hey, come to Quincy's party. And at that party is like when Quincy wanted him to audition and what he tells him to get him to do it because like I could have done that. Um, but initially Will's like, you know, I'm not an actor. Like give me like two weeks or something to like, you know, get an acting coach, you know, work on the script and stuff. And Quincy's like, look, the people that are going to make this happen are out there in that room right now. So it is now. So do you want to wait or you want to do this now? And then he changed his mind. and was like, okay, give me 10 minutes. Like all the pressure. I could not have done that. (laughs) So (laughs) that is why Will Smith is Will Smith. But, um, but two will notably was having, tax issues and his rap career wasn't like super duper hot at that point so this really came in at like a really good time for him to do this show because it helped him pay pay off the IRS you know with those problems and also helped him find I think his real true love I think I mean I think hip-hop and rap is like his first love but like clearly acting he has done so much more in that art form so I feel like it's amazing that he just kind of stumbled into this role also I don't know if we talked about this before but House Party with Kid and Play was kind of intended for DJ Jazzy Jeff and and Will but this show was kind of intended for Kid and Play and they didn't want to do it so I always think that's interesting that their paths kind of Mm -hmm. like switch and flip flop. Um, But like you said earlier, Will, for the most part, is Will very charismatic and funny in this show Um, and not too many serious moments, but a few like the father episode. I think there's just something really comforting about watching this show too. And this was like an easy assignment, I think for us this week of just to like sit back and watch some episodes. And there was a lot of like familiarity and comfort. Um, 
this was like i mentioned an after school show that we put on if it wasn't mtv or like boy meets world this was usually on tbs i think um so we usually have this on while like doing homework um and i am kind of inspired to and i feel like i say this a lot but like i am inspired to kind of just go through and like watch the whole um so i'll watch all six seasons from start to finish because i and that, that's kind of the nice thing about this show too is that yeah there's some storylines that do build on each other but most episodes are pretty one off so it's okay if you do watch them out of order um but yeah i think going back and this past week it's just been kind of like very fun and lighthearted. um to see such a young charismatic will and with this family that in a weird way and many people feel this way about sitcom families of like your surrogate family i actually thought i was gonna watch all the episodes (laughs) like throughout the season but i get in moods about like shows i watch and so i made it through like season two and so um, when we were prepping for this, I was like, oh, man, I'm so close. Uh, not really. Four seasons <laughs> left. But, I mean, the episodes aren't super long. And so you can easily power through, like, you know, the f- first half of a season with, like, not much time. Spent. Yeah. If you can binge The Office, you can binge The Fresh Prince easy. Yeah. It's interesting, too, to watch it and see the difference. Like, I always love that when you can binge a show, like, especially an old show. And maybe, like, a lot of old shows, the pilots are, like, in, like, maybe a canceled show's uh, set. So, like, notably, I think, like, Living Single, the first episode is, like, on the Family Matter set or something. Um, so, so seeing, like, the original set of The Fresh Prince um, is really cool. And then seeing it change, like, little things like that where you're like, damn, I didn't realize it changed that much. Like, the kitchen's really different. The living room um where like in the first episode he plays the piano like that living room they stopped using that living room Mm -hmm. and started using like kind of that iconic like very beige peachy one with the staircase Mm -hmm. um eventually we get the pool house because the boys move into there after hillary leaves um Mm -hmm. Again, in early episodes, you do get to see, like, Ashley's room. You get to see Will's room, which is, like, spray-painted and, like, you know, very, like, hip-hop and stuff. So um, I wish I wish we kept some of those parts. But, I mean, sitcoms tend to live in the kitchens and the living rooms. So um, maybe that's where we got the open concept from. <laughs> <It is. laughs> Because it really is just like the dollhouse view of it. It's like the front view of the room. Like you never see the full scope of any room in a sitcom house. Yeah. Um, in early episodes, they have like, a, like I said, the dinner party. And so they have like a dining room set in there. And um, I think that's just cool to, to like see like those small changes like once the show gets more money maybe or popular and stuff and they start 
doing those changes. Um, I think too, like Will in the beginning of the Fresh Prince, I'm glad that like earlier talked about Carlton, but I'm glad that they wind up like becoming friends and becoming like best friends essentially because initially it's definitely like I'm cool and different and from Philly and you're a square and you're a nerd and all these things and I think Will learns a lot from Carlton as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like as much as Carlton kind of became less snobby because of Will, like Will also became kind of a little less snobby about being the cooler one all the time. Yeah. And um, in like in the 72 hour episodes, there are many moments where he learned something from like Carlton's point of view. And Will points that out in the reunion that, you know, culturally we learn to see other people's points of view on the show and I think that was really poignant because I don't think we look at it like that I think we look at it like oh yeah like I got a cousin like that or something like that versus being like you know seeing Carlton stay in Compton and actually like adapt to that environment says a whole lot about people in that environment but also like says a whole lot about not just judging people from where they're from or where they're not from Mm -hmm. and what they haven't done so it's a pride and prejudice kind of situation of like how meaning that like the main basis of the book pride and prejudice of like you have so much pride that you don't realize your own prejudice against other people and then eventually you realize that like you can learn a lot from others at the end and that you don't have to like have this like fixed mindset or attitude and not necessarily like I feel like Carlton and Will competed a lot with each other as like brothers kind of normally would um and but at the end really had not just I feel like they started out as cousin frenemies and truly ended as brother best friends and pe- people who like had each other's backs and yeah. um, openly said like, I love you. I care about you. Yeah. That's where I was going with that <laughs> because there's some early episodes like Will makes the basketball team and he's the star and Carlton gets all jealous. And so in like the final seconds of the game, he, instead of giving Will the ball, takes the shot and misses it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, lots of dating episodes. There's a whole yeah. episode where they're like in the mall for Halloween and they're trying to like get dates and it's like a competition between them. Um, there's the college episode where they're trying to they're trying out for like a fraternity fraternity yeah, yeah. and they're like pushing like really hazing carlton a lot more and they like openly admit like what we like will more like we don't want carlton and he ha- i don't want to like butcher the lines but carlton also had some really great lines at the end where he was just like i'm not trying to like prove myself to be because i already know that i am yeah, well, his lines were about, like, I don't have to prove how Black I am because yeah. I am 
a black man. And so that's very poignant because we're not all the same and we're not a monolith and there are Coltons and there are Wills and Hillary's and Ashley's and Vivian's and Jeffrey's. And that's another thing I never thought about in the show um, is that the, even though this is like a family, they're not, all cut from the same cloth exactly like they're beautiful kind of quilts of sorts um whereas like I think of the Cosby show kids and like besides Denise they're all pretty much like pretty perfect kids Mm. like maybe Theo's a little like he's got some swag but he's also the boy but you know none of them are as different as the Bates kids I feel are from each other, but it all still works. Um, Anyways, um, shall we talk about like some of our favorite episodes and moments from the show? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we'll just go back and forth. Sure. So there are lots of episodes or like not episodes. There are um, a few like quick cuts on YouTube, like watch Mojo or Miss Mojo or whatever of like some very influential um, episodes of the Fresh Prince or like times in which the Fresh Prince got like a lot more deeper than you expected it to be, blah, blah, blah. And some of those episodes, you know, definitely came up for me. Um, But in all, there were a few, there was um, season three, episode 15, Bullets Over Bel Air. That was the one where Will and Carlton go to an ATM and get held up and give their money. Um, And then one of the men goes to shoot Carlton. Will gets in the way and like catches the bullet for him um, and is recovering in the hospital and Carlton gets a gun and to like, cause he's so like shaken up. He wants it to like protect himself and as like ridden with anxiety and I think guilt too. Um, and they have this really powerful moment where Will's like, give me the gun. Uh, and um, that was, I think, one that I remember as a kid, not really understanding the full scope of like gun violence and stuff, but I remember watching that at, at a young age and being like, just remembering that that felt really powerful. A good one. It kind of reminds me of a Golden Girls <laughs> What? Which one? And that's like, it might be a weird parallel for some people, but um, <laughs> the Golden Girls, they get robbed. And so... Rose is very affected by the robbery and so she gets a gun and then Blanche comes back from a date pretty late like everyone else is in bed and so um, she sets off the new alarm too that they get and so Rose had gotten her gun and she just kind of blindly shoots in the dark and she shoots the vase and then they turn on the lights and it's Blanche and her date. And and then Blanche is like, my boss. But like <laughs> other girls are like, what are you doing with this gun? Like you're a danger hazard and all this stuff. Like you gotta, you gotta work this out. Like this is not the answer. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, that's being robbed is a very traumatic experience. So, I mean, it just, it's like the worst, one of the worst violations that, you know someone out of desperation can inflict upon like somebody who did nothing to them um my 
favorite episode that like I feel like at any second I would like if I had to pick a Fresh Prince episode to watch it would be the butler did it which is the episode where they rent out the house to shoot a music video and it's the Belle Biv DeVoe video Mm. and Will and his friend also what happened to him because he like was in a few episodes but disappeared (laughs) but um, Will and his friend are trying to be in the video and stuff and it's just super iconic and um, I think it's also interesting to see like this show has so many huge like musical guests and celebrity guests and it's it's interesting to see that on a sitcom I don't I feel like I'm going to be an old lady here. I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. I feel like it's a little rare that you get, especially given it's just awesome to me, I think, because Will was like was this huge rapper and probably actually knew Belle Biv Devo. And so it's just like, hey, I got this show. Like I could get them on on this episode or like let's write this episode and get I don't know how that works but what show can you think of that would that could get like I don't know well now it's just like a promo kind of thing but anyways (laughs) it'd be like oh this episode behind the scenes stops by like and you're just like oh yeah they're promoting butter (laughs) like I don't know Mm -hmm. anyways I love that episode I think a lot of people love that episode and then like the furniture gets ruined because it like rains and it's outside and it's just classic hijinks like kids doing something dumb when their parents are out of town another favorite episode uh mine was the second time queen latifah comes back as the character dd Dee Dee, um in season two and even though it had some like overtones about body image and prejudice against someone in um, a larger or like full figured size episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that's the episode where we get the famous like, like funny, like chopstick scene. It's like straws. They're both where they, yeah. like the walrus. Yeah. And I think it's in their nose. Um, oh, this is on, okay. This is on my list too, but yeah. I always thought like to, I, that gif is always, is iconic, but that, that moment was funny because I was doing stupid shit like that at restaurants yes. and I just thought that, that was so funny. Um, but the, I was going to kind of say this earlier, just like in general about Will's acting and stuff that there were moments where like Will's characterization of himself was like a little misogynistic and um some some sexist comments and stuff again things that don't always age with with the times and stuff and this is a great example of that of talking about um, making fun of someone or poking fun at someone who is full figured um and having that kind of come come back to but i i remembered thinking that this episode was funny and it wasn't until later that I picked up on more of the like bigger picture stuff, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember like exactly like jokes and dialogues, but I think the message of this episode actually has aged pretty well um, Mm -hmm. because of that like body image. Um, And I wish too that you saw 
a better lesson learned for Will in this because like one thing too like throughout the show is like he is notoriously just dating all these chicks and that's a lot of the plot for him sometimes it's like a crazy date like the one with Jazz's sister or someone likes him like one of Uncle Phil's exes who's like obviously older is like very into him and like wants to kind of mrs robinson like sleep with Mm -hmm. him um but this episode like i kind of wish like it's great to have an episode about this and at the time very probably revolutionary in some senses or just not done all the time but it also would have been revolutionary for him to have like a legit or like a few more love interests who were fuller figured women and not like all these very pretty young Hollywood actresses that are not cookie cutter, but like, you know, Vivica Fox, um, you know, eventually Nia Long, you have mm-hmm. episode with Jasmine Guy, you have Tisha Campbell, you have, but you know, you have these very pretty, very lighter skinned um, actresses. Hell, Tyra Banks is like one of his college girlfriends for a while or a love interest. And you don't ever see a Queen Latifah type again for Will. And so I just wish that, like, yes, he learned that you can be attracted to someone that is funny. That's another thing. It's like the stereotypical, like, I'm the funny, fun, like, heavier girl that Mm -hmm. you might not consider just because I don't look like what you think you're attracted to. But, like, you have a good time with me but you're ashamed to date me. Like, and I wish he learned that lesson and we could have saw him like action wise through his dating, learn that lesson by going out with some girls who were fuller figured and similar to Queen Latifah's Didi. We shared that episode. That was on my list, but another episode uh, is the big four O, which is about Aunt Viv turning 40. Mm-hmm. So she has a bit of a midlife crisis and is like questioning like, oh, I'm this professor, I'm this mom. And I guess she used to be a dancer. And so she's like, I'm going to pursue dance again. And so she goes to these dance classes. And at 40, they're kicking her ass is not what she remembered. But she sticks through it. And so the big iconic part is like, they have this, um, I don't know if it's audition, but like they have this big routine. And so uh, they do it. And she goes full out is like kicking ass and I actually feel like I've seen someone do that as a Halloween costume this year is that uh, unitard Aunt Viv. But so she's kicking ass in this dance routine. And then at the end, she like collapses or like right outside the classroom door. Oh, and another big part of that is like the younger women in the class, like trying to like, you know, kind of age shame her and Mm. um, be ageist against like, the fact that she's older in there but that's just I feel like an episode everyone like always loves too but mm-hmm. there was um I didn't write this down but there was also the and speaking of dance competitions 
when Will takes Carlton for his 21st in Vegas and Carlton, Oh, yeah. like, Viva bets. Lost Wages. Yeah, they, like, bet all their money and then they enter a dance competition. And then that's where we hear, for you Gen Zers out there, a popular TikTok audio. Bam, 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 Spy the Sugar Hill Gang. Um, Okay. I think it's Jump On It. Um. Oh, right. yes, 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 yes. But that was always so funny and stick out to me. Yeah, I mean, but to I mean, I kind of remember like the prior stuff of that episode, but I feel like too it's hard because there's just so many clips from the show that Yeah. have become like gifts or you know just Memes. that section that has become like shown over and over again. So I definitely know like the the dance and all that stuff and their outfits, like they cut up their outfits and stuff. Um, but I, I feel like I don't remember the lead up to that as much, like off the top of my head, Mm but hmm that, that is a very iconic episode, um, and scene, um, another one we keep kept referencing is the 72 hours episode, which is when Carlton goes to stay in Compton because Will bets him, it's like, I bet you can't. last 72 hours in the hood and mm hmm so obviously Carlton's very preppy and you know conservative and so he goes and then when Will comes back he's like totally like street and like talking very um very street and you know is not afraid to to like check him he's like we got a problem you know and they call they call him c-note I believe right and so that's funny And also just another commentary, again, about not judging a book for, for its cover and all that stuff I said before. But I think that that episode resonates with a lot of people, too, especially Black people, because it's like we may have, like, you know, people who live in not so great neighborhoods and people who are, like, upper middle class and stuff, and it feels like this divide. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we all... We all exist together in some ways or like it's not like if those people weren't put in a better situation or vice versa, like we wouldn't figure out how to navigate those things. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, then another one that comes to mind is when Uncle Phil has a heart attack. That was season four, and it's called Home is Where the Heart Attack Is. And that was kind of like leading up to it where his uh, Uncle Phil's doctor was telling him to like eat healthier. And then Will was like, no, nah, just like indulge, like amphibian like steps out or something like goes out of town or something. And like he... Uncle Phil's not like being held as accountable to his diet um, and ends up having this heart attack. But the person that it really ends up affecting the most is Carlton. And throughout the season, this is, you can see so much of how Carlton idolizes his dad and loves his dad and wants to be him and sees him as this role model of success um he even says it in the pilot episode when will's like putting up the poster of malcolm x and he was just like yeah those are fine heroes but like I'm one of my heroes is my dad and will's like loser <laughs> like okay Yeah. <laughs> you know but um so that episode emotionally impacts me in some ways and um i i 
kind of skirted around watching it, but ultimately decided to do it and <laughs> cried much like, you know, feeling those, those similar, um, emotions to it. And I think too, because we love our TV dads <laughs> and it's like, no, uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah. I think that all of that stuff resonates. And as our parents get older, it's harder, but too, like, um, will has to like very kind of aggressively like tell Carlton to go visit his dad. Mm -hmm. And he also, um, kind of brings up the fact he's like, you know, you have a dad. I don't know where my dad is. And the fact that like, you're willingly like avoiding going to see him just because you don't want to see him in this state like is not a good enough excuse so I appreciate that about this episode because I think when people's health takes the turn that you should just try to be there in whatever capacity you can mm -hmm. um so you may not be the kid that's going to be like the primary caretaker like taking care of them all the time but coming to sit with them coming to help relieve your sibling occasionally like those are the things that um you know when you're in the midst of those situations like you're just like angry or sad because you don't want to see them like that whereas I'd rather look back and say at least I like you know was there and spent time with them and I don't regret not going yeah yeah. Um, a less serious episode. Oh, I talked to, you talked about all this. Um, another iconic one, at least, is the one where Will has to uh, perform with the grade school kids and he's like in the sunflower costume. That oh, of funny. course. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, lots of people. Is that an yeah. Ashley school play? I don't think it's Ashley. I feel like it's like a Billy Madison situation where like he needed credit or something and he has to like do this performance with mm. these kids for something. I forget exactly why. Oh, an episode I wanted to talk about is the episode where his aunt, which is like Vivian and his mom's youngest sister is getting married and, um. and she's eventually throughout the show she's married to this white guy but they don't know he's white mm -hmm. so they're all like you know they come that's another episode with like all the sisters i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. they come and so they're all excited like oh congratulations and like you know where is he and i remember like will said something to him like thinking he was like the helper, like the taxi driver, which is weird because usually racially it's flipped, uh -huh. but it's like, hey, what's up, man? And it's like, so where's, uh, what's his face? And it's like, this is him. And they're all kind of shocked that he's white. Mm -hmm. um, I think those episodes, and it reminds me of another Golden Girls episode, but those episodes about like maybe an interracial couple and, you know, those kinds of scenarios, like, that stuff was still it's not new because loving versus virginia but like i think in media like we didn't have as much interracial relationship um representation on tv and in movies and if you know it's very rare but um 
I always think that's funny that he's like the one white guy in the family, like mm-hmm. at the at the things. Like even when they go, I think they go like for Christmas, they go to a cabin and they all get stuck together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, those are like funny episodes. I was just gonna uh, venture into like some notable guest stars and uh, especially like women that uh, mm-hmm. were love interests for will um there's lots of just celebrity cameos of course there's a orange monster cameo per like most 90s media can't escape mm-hmm. um him but like you know bo jackson i think there's an episode with evander holyfield there's a f- pretty funny episode with vanessa williams where she's pregnant and uh, she gives birth in a limo and her and Will are stuck in traffic in the limo. Uh, <laughs> and uh, boys to men show up mm-hmm. at Nikki's christening and talk about some pool there. Uh, Tevin Campbell, uh, Ashley dates him and they go on like a mini golf date, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Or- Pizza. Yeah, and he sings for her birthday. Yeah. That oh, the episode with Don Cheadle where he oh, plays yes. Will's friend from Philly. Yes. Um, Chris Rock is in an episode where sure um, he plays a comedian and then like he also is in drag and plays Will's sister. Right. Or not Will's sister, but Will's date. Um, yes, and yes, Chris yes, Rock's yes. character's sister, but I don't think that aged well either. Yeah, yeah. Like the representation of like drag queens, or if that's a representation of like trans women, right. it's just very, like, very like very badly '90s like cross dressing. It is. It's, um, does not age well. There's the Oprah episode where they go yes. on Oprah. Pull to get Oprah to do your like little sitcom, and bit. not just like, like a little bit, a good chunk of the episode with Oprah. Yeah, I was like, damn. There is the episode we kind of mentioned where Hillary wants to pose or is offered to pose for Playboy, so they go to the Playboy Mansion, and Hugh Hefner is in that mm-hmm. episode. Um, that probably, knowing what we know now about Playboy, hasn't aged too well, but. Um, but I feel like Playboy in the 90s was like just like such a like like they were so stoked to go to the mansion mm-hmm. and like it's funny seeing like Carlton like dance around in his swim shorts and stuff. Um trying to remember um just off the top of my head. Heavy D, he was on the living single too. That was great. Um but I mean, two, should we talk about Nia Long as Lisa a little bit? Yeah, I was just looking up pictures of her. Um, I, you know, she looks different from how she looked in Made in in America. America. Um, A a shorter hair style. But, like, I love women in short hair. I find something, like, very attractive. Um, And some of her fits throughout her character on the Fresh Prince. Um, There is that episode where she's wearing like like high-waisted black pants, like an Argyle cardigan and suspenders. Will was in the hospital Uh and she's visiting him. So great. And that's when he proposes, right? Maybe. 
also the episode where Lisa's dad comes and um, what is, he's played by John Amos um, from Good Times fame, but he takes Will flying, I think, and then they get like stuck or um, his like parachute. I feel like maybe I'm remembering this wrong, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, the Lisa years are very interesting. Because uh, that was season five. I think it was five and six. So it's like yeah. towards the end. Mm-hmm. And they were like engaged really quickly. And I think we look back also fashion icon, but we look back on Lisa fondly. But I think um, reading up on the show, like thinking about it, like, she was just Will's girlfriend. Like she wasn't, she didn't have much to her character besides that, you know? Um, And I feel like that was a missed opportunity, but um, I just feel like, like they were funny together and stuff, but I feel like it would have been interesting to see like maybe Lisa and Carlton get stuck together or they have to do something and, yeah or lisa and hillary like where her dynamic outside of will it would show like more of who she was but you always just saw her with will so right and their storyline like the way that they kind of ended it was a little weird because they became like step brother sister right like they were gonna get married dad, her mom marries his dad right yeah so i'm like okay i mean again not everyone has to end a show like married and with a relationship and stuff but if you're like playing that they're like a fairly like serious couple well they were like really young so they were very young yeah i get them not getting married um oh the episode with kim field too is like a not so great episode of fresh prince because she's saving herself for marriage and so will fakes that they get married and has jazz um commence the ceremony in order to basically sleep with her and Mm -hmm. he doesn't go through with it but like terrible motives mm-hmm. um the episode with lark vuries from saved by the bell where she is like carlton's ex-girlfriend and she oh she back. says she has a baby yeah yes. <laughs> that was like what because mm-hmm. also too like i feel like um i just saw too that i was watching the episode where ashley has her first kiss and then she's asking about like sex so they have the sex talk with her but i think it's implied a lot that will is sexually active at some point and then like i feel like that confirmed that colton is too the fact that he would think that he got some chick pregnant Um, right right well and then that episode where ashley dates or like goes on a like later on in the season dates Jaleel White, his like a yeah. little, like minor character, and he kind of says like like they have like a very serious talk about like getting ready to like have sex, and she has that wonderful moment like with Hillary, which I think again like shows a great like sister dynamic relationship episode. I think they did those moments pretty well, especially like given that Ashley um, was like the last kid until Nikki, but like she's the last one you can really do that with like you kind of miss the boat with hillary or the boys um but 
what the episode I was thinking of is the episode Tisha Campbell's in where her and Will are on a date and then they go down to like the basement or something and it's an earthquake. So they get oh, stuck. Oh, yeah. And and they can't get out. And so they're like trapped down there until somebody like realizes they're missing. And, yeah. Um, but the funny part and the iconic part of that episode for me is that um, the longer they're down there, like, they're date ready so tisha campbell's character starts like taking off like she takes out like her little clip-in she takes out her contacts and so she like um and so will's just like geez like what part of you is like real like mm-hmm. you have all these like extra things and then she like pops off her press-ons and stuff yeah. and it's like kind of undoing herself to be comfortable since they're like stuck in this basement for like hours and i think that is still very true. I feel like it's less surprising for men because now people do makeup like on social media. So you can see the before and after, but it is surprising how for me sometimes to see like people do makeup tutorials and see like how much of a difference, like Mm. how good you can be at like putting on makeup and stuff that you look like a totally different person sometimes. So I think that was pretty interesting from a 90s perspective of guys being like oh my god weaves and like fake nails but they're also you guys are attracted to those things like it's not mm-hmm. like you are looking at the dds of the world to like you know or maybe a little more like less done up all the time and stuff so i don't know that episode's funny to me um also, the episode with Stacey Dash where uh, she's a pop star and he's mm. and Will's dating her and he gets like all um, it's like too much for him. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like a very classic male ego. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're too in demand. Um, another Cosby kid. So Malcolm Jamal Warner is in an episode, but Tempest Bledsoe, Vanessa is on here. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find that funny. So is um, Raven Simone. I feel like I vaguely remember that. She was Will's mom's boyfriend's yes. daughter. Yes. <laughs> it was like a torture yes. move situation, but it was like one or two episodes. It was really brief. That was that was good. Raven Simone has a kid actor was just oh, great. She was so good. So there have been a lot of great celebrity guest moments. Were there any other ones you wanted to talk about or should we go into the reunion? Uh, we can go. I totally forgot we're talking about the reunion. We can <laughs> go into the reunion because we're close on we're close on two hours already. Believe it or not, yes. Okay. <laughs> can cut all my random episodes and people. No. Um, the reunion. How excited were you when this was announced? Because there's been a lot of like cast reuniting, um, whether that's for like an entertainment weekly cover or for a sit down special. Um, this one was high on my yes, like excitement list. Weirdly, I was more ex- excited for this than like seeing like Men in Black three. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like reboots of certain franchises or like, you know, bad boys. And I, I was like, mm, okay, another movie. But then I was like, ooh, a reunion. That's fun. And I knew nothing about some of the drama behind the reunion. And so when watching it, I was 
learning a lot for the first time. And I oh. kind of, yeah, I really had no idea. Well, so I think it is dope that they recreated the set and had mm -hmm. it there. Um, that was pretty cool. It was a little different. It wasn't quite the same, but same vibe, same essence. Mm -hmm. I think they were on the same lot or like the stage that they used to film on, but not mm -hmm. sure. And then also in conjunction with the reunion, I believe Will partnered up with like Airbnb to rent out the actual house, like the outside oh, house. Yeah. And um that was cool because he did a bunch of like promo stuff with that and um, they decorated it to kind of have some fresh prints elements, like some graffiti art and mm -hmm. bright colors and stuff. Um, but I think it was just amazing initially, like to see how excited they were to see each other. And um, they all kind of trickled in like in pairs and stuff. Like I think Jack, jazz and jeffrey came in together or um like carlton <laughs> alfonso came down like this the steps, just head, yeah. head down the stairs mm -hmm. and um so it was exciting to see them all together and of course daphne maxwell reed was there on the set um i enjoyed we also learned that Will was a terrible actor when he started and mm -hmm. very nervous. And so he remembered everyone's lines, which crazy. It baffles me how people, how actors remember lines anyways. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine remembering everybody's lines in an episode. But, you know, they talked about that and they showed clips of him like mouthing the lines to like when like Don Cheadle is talking to him, he's like mouthing what he's saying. Um, and they all talked about their auditions, which I kind of talked about a little bit when we talked about the characters and the mm -hmm. actors. Were there any other parts like in that that like stood out to you in their discussion? Oh, I thought it was funny that they really were like poking fun at, at Will at his acting. Um, and also the fact that they kind of knew that <clears throat> they were joining this show that was starring this like young kid rapper um, and kind of like wondering what would eventually like become of the show. Not sure how long something like this would last, um, but then ultimately being <clears throat> very grateful for being part of something that was like so influential and iconic to just overall pop culture in general, but like very niche specific 1990s pop culture. Yeah. Um, I liked their reactions to their auditions. <laughs> like, Oh I, yeah. I thought, I think it's always funny because like we remember them as these characters, but like, they're human beings and so as a human being it's always weird seeing yourself like when you're younger and being like oh my god like look how young I look or like what was I wearing and so mm -hmm. like Alfonso was wearing a tracksuit and he was like how did I even get this job like why did I think that was okay <laughs> to come up to this audition for Carlton in like an Adidas like swishy tracksuit <laughs> Um, and then Karen to like her outfit, like she had like one of those really bad nineties dresses, like that just looks like 
like the polygamy like sect dresses that are just like really yeah um dowdy looking and then she had like these like witchy pointy like heels on i was just like oh yeah that that one's not so great i thought it was interesting too that daphne talked about you know i got offered or like i got suggested like most actors like oh there's a show coming out you should audition for this like this could be good for a mom role and so she heard about the aunt viv role and auditioning for it and then they were like yeah there's a show with this rapper and she's like nope no thank you yeah 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 (laughs) and i think if it was any other rapper than will then absolutely be like eh, i might pass on that at that time mm-hmm. not necessarily now but um i just think that's funny and then she wound up in that role anyways um and then they talked about james and his role as uncle phil A very tearful moment yeah that's where tatiana talks about like his influence on her will talks about that amazing episode you know where he's like why doesn't he want me man and like what it took to for him to have that moment because i guess he was struggling yes but what what james avery supposedly like whispers in in will's ear after like he like brings him in for a hug he it was almost like now that's how you act or like you act and act <laughs> Something along the lines, he was just. Is like, that where that Will stole his bad boys line? Maybe. Like, now that's how you shoot. <laughs> like, you tried. That's how. Yeah. It's just like now that's acting. I'm like, that's Uncle Phil's way of being like he act and acting out here. Yeah. Um. And then there, there's uh footage of him like uh backstage, like in his dressing room, and Will like. I think they shot this for like a behind the scenes kind of episode um, and Will's in his dressing room with him. And he has like this huge artwork thing of Billie Holiday. And I forget the other guy's name, but a well-known jazz artist. And to Tatiana talks about like how much he exposed her to like black art. And uh, Alfonso talks about like his music and the amazing music he would play from his dressing room and stuff. So you just really get a sense that like, he was this like very big, warm, like loving kind of guy. And, um, and I think it was Tatiana. She's like, you know, there's people who plant seeds and like Mm. James was like one of those people. I feel like we're, just tiptoeing to the main part. Um, so Will brings back Janet Hubert. And this is huge. I remember when this like was teased that they were going to talk because mm-hmm. you didn't know this. But prior to that, like the OG Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert was out here. Like any interview she could get, she was like basically just she was like, like criticizing Will, right? Like really throw like yes, she's him. really throwing shots at him, like left yeah. and right. And um, I get it. I do think though that like for a lot of people from the outside looking in, it was like, damn, why is she so bitter about this? Like this was like thirty years ago, or um, you know, a lot of people want other people to be the bigger person a lot of the time, so you know, that whole feeling of like, this doesn't look good that you're still complaining about this. And maybe to, I feel like it probably didn't do her any favors in terms of like what 
was said about her the time she was let go and you're still having like all this animosity towards this guy and who most people love at this point. Mm -hmm. And so people probably in their minds are just like, well, I mean, it seems like you were like not so great on set and like maybe uh, difficult. And now you're being mean to like one of America's like biggest lovable movie stars. Mm -hmm. So who are we going to believe? But I do think that her being able to tell her side of it. And I think that's a big credit to Will because he was like, you know, I think a big thing for me is I don't know your story. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know your side of it or what you were going through. Mm -hmm. So if you could like tell that, I think that would be a big part. Cause I think a lot of times in conflicts, obviously there's two sides to a story and, not all the time is everyone willing to see your side and where you're coming from to adjust maybe their reaction. And so I think as a 21 year old man, like who's like this huge sitcom star, rapper, movie star dude, it's probably really hard for Will's ego to care even a bit like what Janet Hubert was going through or like what her issues were. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a big part all to say that obviously I think most people have finally moved on from this and are happy that they have reconciled. Mm -hmm. What do you find surprising since you didn't know about uh, this issue? Um, that there was a lot of blame and the, I think you mentioned this earlier of like, she felt very hurt that not a lot of people really backed her up. Um, because with, with, from Janet's perspective, she had just finished dropping season three and for season four, her like salary was not comparable to like the growth of the show. She had a bait, like a new baby at the time. Um, Her husband was out of work, but she was also in like a very abusive marriage and was, I think hiding a lot of that um, on set. And um, she mentions to like, there's this part in this conversation with Will of like, not once like this show centers around you, there cannot be a show without you. So you could have used your leverage on this show to help stick up for what I was going through. But instead, I wasn't laid off, I quit because of um, because I know my worth, but then having those um like rumors and stuff being flooded around about being difficult. She was like being a a black woman in this industry and being called difficult is this kiss of death to your career. And um, I'm really glad that they were able to have that conversation and for him to like hear those words. And she was like, we couldn't have had this conversation 30 years ago because you were just a kid. You might have not really understood the full repercussions of how this affected my career going forward and we could only be having these conversations now as you've grown and as you have learned a lot about the industry and how they treat people and difference between men and women and stuff like that so that for me I think was the biggest takeaway from their conversation um 
and I think provided some good closure for fans. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I remember the moments leading up to it and the teasers like on Will's YouTube and stuff. He was like teasing out the trailer for the reunion. And then there's that like little bit in there and people were like, oh, like getting ready to pop the popcorn, thinking that like maybe that there were going to be like I think of like a real housewives reunion on the, <laughs> the Andy Cohen show because they're always fucking mad at each other by the end of it and everyone always cries and they're pissed and it's like they're they're worse off than how they started kind of thing. Yeah. And I wonder if fans were expecting that, but I'm like really glad that it didn't turn into that kind of a situation. Yeah. I don't I don't think Will would have signed on or released that if that was the case. For but- sure. For sure. I um I am curious though because like the whole like we couldn't have had this conversation 30 years ago. I agree like I said like Will is very young and I'm sure he had like a pretty big ego and stuff mm-hmm. about like the situation not to put like all blame on him but like he said he could have used his leverage and stuff. Um but I also wonder <laughs> because I feel like if Janet Hubert hadn't been like basically cursing this man every chance she got in the media for 30 years, if they could have had this conversation sooner and if that would have also helped her career sooner. Cause post this, like everyone was like, Oh, okay. Like what we thought happened didn't, isn't quite what we thought. And she's gotten work and been in things since. So it's kind of revived her career. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if, cause I think it also took work on her part to get to the point to want to talk to him. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, it's been 30 years. What do we have to talk about? Like he messed up my career. Like there's nothing you can do now, mm-hmm. but it was big and showed some growth on her part to also sit down with him. And too, yeah. I feel like you could see that there was at some point like genuine admiration and love there. Like they hugged. Um, she complimented him um, multiple times and um, hugged him multiple times or just like, you know, patted his arm or when they hugged, she rubbed his back. So you can tell that she was hurt by what happened and that's why she probably lashed out the way she did like hurt people hurt people so but it wasn't like this just pure hatred of like that will sniffs just all around evil, sure. you know? <laughs> like she she got burned and so therefore she was like if I'm going down I'm burning this bitch down with me mm-hmm. if I can and so that that was a huge part of the reunion. Um, I do I do wish they talked more about like more episodes and stuff. Um, I wish they talked more about the fashion too. We we talked about Ashley and Hillary and Carlton and Aunt Vivs, but like I didn't really talk about Will's. Like Will has some amazing sneaker moments and fashion moments, quintessential like '90s hip hop fashion mm-hmm. on this show. And I think a lot of fanboys love that about the Fresh Prince. Like the picture behind me, he's mm-hmm. wearing great five Jordans and they actually re-released shoes to be like the ones that he has on where you don't need laces to wear them because he didn't wear laces in his shoes for 
whatever reason. So trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he also got a pair that were Fresh Prince themed. Um, in the in season, he's wearing Columbia Levens. Like so, his fashion moments on the Fresh Prince are very uh, very iconic. There's an episode where he's wearing a crop top. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, bring back male crop tops oh my god and yeah like some of the um overalls so like the way that he wears overalls with like the one button clasp done and then the other it's like halfway folded over and there's like some really great patchwork on the overalls um and then there was like a denim jacket and denim jeans that had almost like it looked like child bed sheet patches like glued on it like they were teddy bears in a way i don't know it was is juvenile but like the way that he wore it was really cool yeah and, and you know very colorful it. yes very colorful i think that in a weird way instilled like a fashion point of view of like you know maybe not wearing stuff the way everyone else wears it or like looking at something in a different way where it's like oh the lining of this is dope like i've worn like you have spirit jerseys. I've worn my spirit mm-hmm. jersey backwards because that's the coolest part of it is the giant ass Disneyland. <laughs> so, yes. Um, you know, doing things that fashionly may not be like the norm, but like creating your own norm. Um, final thoughts on Fresh Prince or top five TV dads? <laughs> that's what I'm le- that's kind of what I'm that's the list that I'm making of because I was kind of starting to like think about um I like influential TV dads. Um do you have an idea? Um I mean this is both like as in positive father figures and also just like hot. <laughs> oh okay then that's easy <laughs> if it's if we're also being very vain about yeah, it. it doesn't have to be like, oh, because they were the dad that I wanted or what, you know what I mean? Like, it could just be. I mean, hottest TV dad is easily Jesse. Oh, what? Oh. No. <laughs> Jesse from Full House. Come okay. on. Uncle Jesse, John Stamos. Yes. Yes. Uh, like, That's totally what I meant to say, and not Peter Gallagher from the OC. I, I do love Sandy Cohen um, as well. When that show came on, Leah and I were just like DILF. We would just always, because we tried to like return, like, because that was kind of in the hot, like the heist of like MILFs, like Stifler's yeah. mom, Stacy's mom, all that good shit. Well, and Julie slept with Luke. So <laughs> I guess was Jesse not making your list? <laughs> Honestly, I would pick Bob Saget over Uncle Jesse because I, I think considering yeah. Danny Tanner's like circumstances and being a single father and having his brothers help him out. But, you know, single father to no boys in the family, but three girls and not really knowing what to do and just just really doing the best you can. I feel like, like you tricked me because Bob is consideration but once you said hot i was like well uncle oh. jesse <laughs> like, well, i'm sorry in a weird way vintage bob saget with a feathery ass hair i mean i think bob saget was attractive also r.i.p damn i know i felt that one really hard um okay well <laughs> as an actual father 
Danny Tanner is like in the Hall yes. of Fame of TV deaths. Yes, like so gentle, so like willing to like sit down and talk to his kids. Um and really cheesy so much so that bob saget in real life had to be like i'm this really dirty ass raunchy comedian i'm not this like wonder bread dad it was like the first time i heard robin williams and bob saget stand up i was like what the fuck like this is america's funniest home this is the same guy (laughs) i was like what i was shook up um um, other people that stick out to me, in addition to James Avery, um, I mentioned this earlier, but the last kind of sitcom that I sat down and watched was Modern Family, and I really like Ty Burrell as Phil Dunphy. He's very lovable and goofy, but also, like, you kind of think he's the dumb dad, but he has really smart moments and really loves his kids. Um, and a weird one, Gomez Adams from the Adams Family. Because it's not a TV dad, is it? Yeah, huh? Adams Family was a show first before it was a movie. And the, his, so like, the one from that show. Yes. Okay. Because his love and adoration for his wife, Morticia, like relationship goals. Are you kidding? Okay. Okay. Am I stretching it? Okay. Whatever. I'm going to be stretching it. But um, Carl Winslow, um, of course. Really? He's on your list. Well, I don't know. Like, I didn't watch a lot of Family Matters, but I thought that, like, with the episodes that I did see, it was a nice dad and a good actor. I mean, okay. <laughs> but, of course, Ray Campbell, of course, played by Tim Reed. I, I, when Sister, Sister came on, that was a show, again, that I probably watched Sister, Sister more than I watched Fresh Prince. And I think that that's why I'm more familiar with Tim Reed as a sitcom dad. I feel like... I I actively chose to watch Sister Sister more, and actually, it's unfair because I when it got put on Netflix, I watched like a good bigger chunk of it than Fresh Prince. Um, but it was always on Disney Channel, so that I also feel mm-hmm. like that's unfair. Um, but going to a Disney Channel dad, um, Taj's dad from Smart Guy. Mm. Um, fuck what is his name I'm so blanking I can see his face but the dad from smart guy um, I I feel like both of the Mari sets of siblings had great dads but Floyd Henderson mm-hmm. um, he was kind of a hottie um, he had his <laughs> little like business he also was a single father mm-hmm. and he had two boys so um, and one daughter and so seeing that dynamic of like how he was with even like going from like a kid like Marcus who might be like considered he I don't think he was a fuck up but like he's the rougher around the edges kid whereas Taj's TJ was like super smart and like this genius and then mm-hmm. Yvette was also really smart and a good student like seeing that dynamic of how he managed like those different personalities in his kids and held even how you know more mo next door like he embraced him and welcomed him into the fold um i agree with danny tanner he's on my and sandy cohen so that's three um did you ever watch like older shows like nick at night i'm thinking of brady bunch oh yeah andy griffith show I love the Brady Bunch. I just feel like Mr. Brady, like, wasn't, he was a good, he was a he good was dad. He was a fine but... dad, but I think he was, like, very traditional 60s, 70s, like, 
uh, breadwinner and um, rule decider. Like there wasn't a lot of like soft moments. I remember uh, he wasn't like hard or mean to his kids, but didn't show a lot of like love and emotion a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Tim Taylor is an iconic TV dad. I think iconic. he's a good one. I agree. So. And I was I was nervous about mentioning him. I was like, he's an honorable mention because he's not the best dad, but like, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. Like, he I mean, that. yeah. Also, is so 90s. Like. Not a dad, but a great male figure, uh, Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World. And now we're just like totally off topic. But uh, oh, Oh, uh, underrated Jim Jason Seaver from Growing Pains, mm-hmm. played by Alan Thick. I yes. loved him. Yeah. He was a babe too, so that's he a hot a dad point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably n- a controversial pick, but only well, also obviously Uncle Phil. So maybe that's my five. But I was also gonna say like Cliff Huxtable was a good tv dad the actor and the comedian who played him very problematic man but like cliff huxtable on the show like pretty decent dude um Mm -hmm. so i'll leave that at that before we get into more of that (laughs) but um but yeah uncle phil to round it out um (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) okay jeffrey (laughs) just saying that's a jeffrey dig anyways okay that's enough um go watch some fresh prince episodes and um let us know your faves i tried to ask the people nobody responded but (laughs) feel free to harass us on social media on tiktok instagram um what's that other app (laughs) twitter youtube drop your favorite fresh prince episodes your memories your fashion moments all the things and yeah be engaging be engaging um but respectfully engaging you know what i mean um stick another (laughs) what are we sticking (laughs) stick another thumbs down your throat chug some milk don't get some heartburn because next week we're gonna continue on our imdb rabbit hole where we will be blessed with james lipton we're going to be watching will smith's episode of inside the actor's studio um and also talking about some of our movie bracket faves and standout performances but anyways this has been another episode of roll call or didn't now this is a story all about how this podcast gets flipped upside down. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and cut. <laughs>